0: You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Lust for Life with James L. Mattern and Benji Suswine. All right, everybody, this is Lust for Life. You know all the. I mean, if you're listening now, this probably isn't a win. I mean, So you know it's America's number one podcast, voted on by Canadians, Cambodians, um, and three people in Vatican City. I mean, the whole Vatican doesn't get on board with us. That's because, you know, what are you going to do? I'm not full Catholic. I'm almost a bad Catholic, always. All right, let's explain what's going on here. Um, Some crazy things have happened. I am alone. Yep. Did you hear anyone else talk? No, they're not there. It is me. I will be hosting the show. I don't know how long this is going to be. We, we, I mean, I might, I have things to say. It might end in eight minutes. If I get them all off my chest in eight minutes, you have an eight-minute episode. You can now go and re-listen to Mark Marin apologize to a young comedian for being a dick to him years ago. All right, that's, that's it. Or you can listen to everyone else on the network. There's some really good shows on this network. You should listen to them. All right, so um, let's explain it. This is coming on late. We recorded an episode for Tuesday, which is when we drop them. You all don't listen to them on Tuesday. But for those of you who do, I'm sorry. The episode did not work. I'm going to be real blunt. We tried to talk topics. I wanted to talk about the incidents in Paris. I wanted to talk about freedom of speech. It ended up being more about Paris than freedom of speech. And it was a mess. Um, Just a few things for you all. We're going to change the direction of the show slightly. Still going to be me and Benji for the most part. And we're going to bring in people, and I want to discuss things. We're not going to go right at whatever the issue is you know if everyone's talking about let's just say Paris we're not just going to talk about the Muslim influence in that or is it wrong and all this we're going to then look at other issues that come from it and what like that was going to be about freedom of speech and about dying for your art which I'm going to touch upon any minute now okay look at your clocks I mean, do people still need watches? I just looked at a watch pantomiming by saying, look at your clothes. Do we really need them now that we all have these black mirrors, these phones in our hands? Do we really need a watch? It's just fashion now. Kudos to the next person I see has a watch that has no time on it. All right. Just like the people who wear sunglasses when you don't need it, when it's not sunny, when it's just like, hey, these look dope. I'm going to wear them whenever I want. Good for you. Stop pretending. What are we we doing here? Get it out. So. Um, we tried that and it did not work out. I'm gonna tell you this. When we went away for holiday break, we had some really good episodes talking about um the police and the protests, and it felt great. And then I go on a long hiatus in Vegas and I'm stay didn't mean to rhyme there, and I'm staying with my aunt and uncle who like the news. Not all my aunts and uncles like the news. These two do. And I'm sitting there and we're I'm Finally watching the news. I've always been, I don't like the news because it gets me down. My girlfriend's like that too. God bless her. Match made in heaven. All right? We just like to be oblivious to everything. That being said, ESPN and Rolling Stone every five seconds. I'm nonstop on my little black mirror here. Just can't stop looking at it. So they're actually watching the news, and I'm absorbing it, man. And all these things are happening. The cops are getting killed out near New York. And we're having these intelligent discussions, man, and it felt nice to say something with my life instead of just coming here and telling you how many times I uh, fellated myself, which I never have. I can't fellate myself, but it sounded more dramatic than you know, to masturbate myself. I like to take it up a notch. And so I wanted to go in that direction. I was proud of these episodes. And I'll be honest, it's getting goddamn hard to find people's interesting stories. It is hard. There's not enough minutes in the day because I'll go on the Facebooks and I'll be like, hey, if you have an interesting story, please give me, a yell, give me a message. And what do we end up getting? I got really drunk in high school once, threw up on my sister, and called her friend a bitch. That's interesting. No, it's not. Like, are you, just, walk, just walk around the streets. You'll hear 18 of those stories. You'll hear stories about that from not even like high school kids. You'll hear like 50-year-olds still going to like high school parties throwing up on kids. What are you going to do? So that's where I want to go with this. Am I guaranteeing it's gonna work? No, I'll be real with you. Do I know this is gonna work? No, but I'm willing to fail. Because if you're not willing to fail and evolve, then you have no purpose. That's just how I feel. Um, Another reason why this episode is in the can that you will never hear is um, I did not address something that's really going on. I'm going to be leaving for about 10 days in New York. I will be back home again. Um, I have lost the woman who raised me, my grandmother, and that was stuck in my crawl, and I did not address it, and uh, I was not being true to what the moment was. I was trying to be a moderator of a debate that ended up being about punchlines, and for that, I apologize to you guys, to the wonderful studio here at Stand Up New York, which allows me to be who I am and to put out what I need to, um... And I owe that apology to my grandmother who raised me. Um, As I've mentioned before, if you guys know, my mom really wasn't that present. She had an issue with substance abuse. My grandparents raised me. They had a couple kids under their watch that weren't the best shape um, in regards to substance. I was their redemption. They didn't need to take me under their wings and they did, and I thank them greatly, and at times, it was very difficult, because, you know, you're going to have issues with your parents, because of a generation, right, now, now a grandparent's two generations, it's very difficult, and now they have to be your parents, so now they can't really just say, hey, how are you, what's in my hand, and give you coins or chocolates, I don't know if grandparents still do that now, but that's what they used to do, now you can't do that, now you have to raise a kid, or that kid probably be a monster who doesn't know any boundaries in life um it was tough at times there's times I did not get along with either of them there's times I was angry as one of the greatest people in my life my grandma and um you know, I'll say it now and I don't even care if anyone's listening I miss her greatly and I feel at times I probably neglected to show her the love she needed but uh, I saw her on the holidays and it was really beautiful she was in bad shape, she would wake up after hours of slumber, Slumber. she would eat, she would then just sit there waiting for food, eat the food, laugh for about 15, to, if you were lucky get 30 minutes out of her, but that back end of that 30 after she ate, she wasn't carrying the weight of the conversation anymore, and the answers were becoming more one-word answers or I don't remember, even if it was the same story from the day before, because you know, Her memory was not what it should have been anymore. The day before, she'd be like, oh, back in Germany. And then that same story the next day, I don't remember that. What are you talking about? But um, it was great. And it was strange when you say goodbye to someone and you know it's the last time you're going to see them, but you really can't tell them that. So maybe this is it. This is maybe my big breakdown. I'm close to it but it was worth it, and uh, that's where I'm going, and I wanted to get that off my chest. It's a woman whose youth was stolen by a little asshole named Hitler because she grew up in Germany and had to see people around her in her household die fighting for someone who was completely wrong and out of his mind. No childhood. Almost died several times. Once going to the movies. Movies theater got bombed. She ended up Hanging out with a friend a little too late, didn't make it to the movie. She would have been dead. I was gonna go to her grandma's. Would have gotten died, uh, killed one night. And lucky for me, she survived and raised me. So that's something I wanted to discuss, and um, that's where I'm going to be. The next couple episodes you hear, we don't know what we're doing yet. We'll either be Benji, and hopefully like a John Laster, or a Shondrae, or an Ayana Dookie in here with a couple guests. If not, you're going to hear me calling in. Or we'll just quit the show. I mean, it's sometimes you have to. Or maybe I'll just call in and just cry more. Be like, boo-hoo-hoo, I miss her. But it's real. This is what we wanted when we started this show. It's going to be real, warts and all. We didn't have to be funny. Funny's an accident. I'm going to be honest. God, I hate comedies. I know I'm a comedian. Don't point your finger at me. Don't point your finger. But uh, it was weird. The other night, I'm hanging out with my girlfriend, and we had a date night and it's like, what are we gonna watch? She's like, let's watch The Office. I don't like The the American Office. I know I'm gonna sound like one of those, one of those big um, idiots who's over-pretentious. I like The British Office. Guess what, The British Office was good. You know why? Because it's uncomfortable, beyond being funny. It was funny because it was so uncomfortable. This American Office tried too hard. Here's a joke, here's a joke. Here's people not acting like human beings. I'm sorry. A lot of good people I know like that show are into it. Guess what? Y'all can get jobs. I'm done with you. You're done with the taste. Stop insulting my intelligence. I'm watching this episode, and her cat dies, and the guy watching it has no emotion. And there's, yes, he died. Oh, you mean I was supposed to give him those pills? Oh, uh. and they're just delivering punchlines. I'm sorry. Go fuck yourself. I can go get a punchline book, I can get a joke book and find this stuff. But then I put on, she goes, you're not liking this, put on The Sopranos, I know you wanna watch it. So that's right, I put on The Sopranos, and guess what? Absolutely funnier than anything else that people tell you is a comedy. This was a serious drama. That's right, with death and conniving evil people, sociopaths, and guess what? Hilarious, because it's people acting in the moment. Paulie Walnuts, way funnier than Kirk, Joe, or Bobby. I don't even know. Are those the names of people in the office? I don't know. There's no one around the table to tell me that. Whatever the characters' names, they're not as funny as an old man with gray wings wearing a tracksuit 98% of his time with prison tattoos. That's a funny dude who all he wants to do is get money, bang one of his six girlfriends, which they call "guma," which is great. Even if you're not Italian, you should adopt that. That's a great word for a girlfriend, and it puzzles the shit out of people and he wants to eat cannolis. All these guys ate was cannolis. You watch the show, all you want to do is eat cannolis, and then after you eat them on a binge, you realize, holy shit, I'm going to be as big as Gandolfini was, rest in peace, at the end of the the series. Look at the first season of The Sopranos. Gandolfini's a big dude, but he's not like a fat ass. Look at him at the end, bless his heart. Looks like like a whale shark. You ever see those guys? Big lobs of nothing, poor bastard. You know why? Because they're playing these characters. They're, you can't fake cannolis. I don't know if you guys know this. In show business, a lot of the food that people are eating on these television shows and movies aren't what they appear to. I went to Universal Studios when I was a kid, and guess what happened? They they broke it down for us. That's right. This is back when Universal Studios had no rides. I don't even know why it was open. You go there, you see the psycho house. The shark will come and get you from Jaws. And then some dude who couldn't really break into show business, would tell you that on happy days when they're at the diner eating ice cream, it's mashed potatoes. I Look, this is what I educated. This is what I found out. It was a big deal in my life, man. So who knows? But you can't fake cannolis. You can't fake, that's a cannoli. They put it on the goddamn pounds. Sopranos, way funnier. I'm telling you straight up. Watch that show; you'll laugh your balls off. Here's another thing: stop telling me about the wire. I don't want to know about the wire anymore. I know it's the greatest show ever. I know you feel great about it when you when you watch it, and just and all you people who loved cereal, stop piggybacking that. All right, Baltimore had a good year. They got a little farther in the playoffs than they should have. Let's be real: people are starting to realize that Flacco is upper echelon quarterback. Cereal, and we now know about Leakin Park. Pronounced Lincoln, it's, but it's Leakin. own whatever that is. If you shut, now it's like, well, up, and The Wire's Remaster? How do you remaster a TV show? This isn't a Dylan record. You're not remastering it, baby. Let's get real with this. Let me take a sip of energy drink. Okay. The Wire. Everyone uses it to gauge your intelligence. Oh, what do you... Do you, like, do you like that show? Oh, that's a great show. That's a great show. Oh, what about that one? That's a great, that's a great show. What about The Wire? No! Oh, just... You tell people you don't like The Wire, it's like being a kid puncher and admitting it. Let's try this. Go up, to, go up to the same person twice in one week. Tell them that you don't like The Wire, that you've tried watching it three, four times, and it's like trying to read Chinese arithmetic, and then... Go up to him a few days later and go, I've been punching children randomly. Just punching them in the mouth. They're going to freak out more about the wire. Guess what that is? fenobla shit. That's a bunch of fenobla Super tramp in the booth, playing video games or whatever the hell you're doing. Did we make a swear that you can't talk? No, oh, okay, good. I just wanted to see if you're alive, buddy. I'm trying, baby. Who needs a mic? I got the mic, baby. All right, so I lied. I'm not completely alone, but I'm alone. with. There's no mics. I'm sailing along, trying to figure this out, trying to amuse you and myself and try to say things. Let's get back to saying things. But you know what? But real quick with the why. I I guess I do it too. We all do it. Once we find something that we deem amazing, we also want you to think it's amazing. Not so much because we want you to have amazing in your life. We want your validity of it's amazing to prove that we are worth a damn. If That's really what this is. We want you to like, as a society, I'm using the generic we. I should use one if I was writing an essay and I want to impress a professor in college. We want you, one wants you to tell me that you agree that Breaking Bad season two is the greatest thing in the history of television. Because that also means that my thought is as great do you get what I'm saying with that? I am smart enough to say that something is that great. You're agreeing, which means I'm great enough to realize greatness. But it comes off, it ends up being snobbery. And then when you say, like, nope, I don't agree. The, the wire does nothing for me. Oh, well, you guess what? Oh, you aren't that smart. But deep down, it's really you saying, man, now you question if I'm smart. Or maybe I'm questioning I'm smart. I mean, that's what you start panicking and trying to go, oh my God, maybe I'm not as bright as people think. Let's be honest, most of these shows, we are sheep still. A lot of us don't realize we're watching greatness till we're told it's greatness. You have to be told that transparent is amazing. Nothing but nothing. Someone hit me on Twitter this week saying I didn't hear about that show until I heard it from you. You're welcome, my people. But now everyone's telling you it's great. So guess what? It's great. It's great. It's going to happen. I mean, for years, the critics were telling people The Wire was great. No one was watching. One of the reasons that it's last year, I don't even think the last year got a full run. Got no ratings. No one was watching that show. But then people were told, if you like this show, you're great. Because you're appreciating greatness. It's not like that with sports, right? You're not great for realizing that LeBron James is better than everyone, or was. I mean, that's questionable now. I think he's breaking down. But this isn't a sports show. It really, it's crazy. That's what we're looking for, validity in our own thoughts. we have shared thoughts with people. I do love The Sopranos. I get when people don't like it. I get it. If you want to be one of those one out of 500 Italians that doesn't like to be depicted that way, good for you. Some people don't like the cursing. I'll tell you a story about my grandfather real quick. This man grew up playing dice in the city of Rochester, New York. Now, he's Italian-German. That plays in big in this story. I used to deliver flyers with him for his restaurant in Vegas, and I'd have a random friend. We hated doing it. We'd work for two hours a day. That's nothing, but in the sun in Vegas, maroon, and we get like five bucks an hour back then when minimum wage was like four and a quarter. It's untaxed. Then we get to eat anything on the restaurant ever. We'll flirt with waitresses. What a nice life we had, huh? Unfortunately, half the wait staff was my family, so that that really narrows down the waiting. But those strays, woo, Ric Flair, baby. So I remember one day. Anyway, we could shorten the two hours because we go to these buildings or strip malls. And basically, when we were done, we were done. But it usually played out to two hours. But if we could, if we got denied enough, we'd just go back in the car and go, they don't want us here, man. They're throwing us out, the security guard at the building. And we got to one of those buildings where that's happened before. And I remember going to my pops. They go, look, pops, they don't, they don't, they're not going to let us in. How do you know? They won't, man. If there's one thing I ever learned from playing dice in the streets, growing ups, because he liked to pluralize things, growing ups is anything can happen. I go, Pops, you grew up playing dice in the street? You better believe it. Get your ass out there. One of my favorites. Anything can happen playing the streets. All right, now let's get to this. Let's get to, to art. Let's get to figuring this thing out, man. I don't really know the details in Paris. I do not. I cannot read French. In high school, we had to take two years of a language to go to college. I took Spanish. They offered Spanish one, Spanish two, Spanish three. French, they offered French one. That's it. There's no French two, everybody. You have to get two consecutive years of a language. You couldn't do France one year, Spanish the other. So guess what? That defeats the purpose. Why are we even having this? Do I have to go do a bootleg study on the weekends to get an extra credit so I can go, hey, UNLV, hey, Arizona State? Insane. So I don't know French. I don't speak it. I don't know. I hear that some of these cartoons in uh, Charlie Hebdo, I know I'm mispronouncing it, no disrespect, are incredibly insensitive and I believe borderline hateful, hate speech towards Arabs. And I've always understood and I've seen things on 60 Minutes about the racism in France towards Muslims. That it's very bad. That at times and in areas rivals the racism of America in the Reconstruction and so on up to about the 1960s, and it's really horrible. Now, I can then understand outrage, man. I can understand it, holding us down. We're not going to take this forever. But then hurting someone. I mean, hate speech is horrible, and a lot of times, let's be honest, comedy gets disguised as hate speech, and people out there, you need to think for yourselves. If something is funny and it talks about something sensitive, you can laugh at it. It's fine. But at times, sometimes it's it's disguised as hate speech. So keep your eyes open for that. But even if it is, you don't then go and kill people over it. Is that supposed to impress your lord or whoever is being offended? That's nonsense. But to me, the greater question right now, it's not the greater question, but this is a question that people really aren't discussing. And I'm in a scene full of artists. I'm an artist, supposedly. Would you die for your art, right? There was threats against that, against that that staff for a while, right? They showed up for work. Now, are they showing up just for their checks so they could feed their families, so they could get Amazon Prime or whatever they have in France, so they can go uh, get a new car, whatever? Or were they going there because... They're the voice for somebody, that there's someone out there needing them to say what they're saying. And so at the end of the podcast that you did not hear, I asked our guests this. Let's say that you have threats from a, a group. It doesn't have to be terrorists, but it's a group saying that if you do a certain joke tonight, we don't like this joke, you're going to die. And my question to them was, Would you still do the gig? Now, People did not see that as the true value of what I was asking. Well, I don't have anything against Muslims. No! Stop worrying about that. If you were told this certain joke that you've been doing for a long time that is great, that has brought joy to many people, was so offensive to someone, or they just didn't want you to do it, they might kill you. Do you still do the gig? I believe they were anti- but to me, that's the greater question, right? We're all trying to convince ourselves that what we do is great, right? Going back to that, we're trying to be great. We're trying to be the best, baby. And what we say is important, and our work is important. My stepdad, ironworker, always would tell me, man, that every time, this inspired me, coming up as an artist when I was in bands and later in comedy, every time he welds, he's trying to outdo his last one. I mean, this is a tough job. This is a tough union job. These are guys who eat sandwiches on on uh, cold steel hanging from a machine in the middle of the day. Still looking at it like an art trying to keep getting better. It's important to him. Is it worth dying for your work? Dying for your art? It's weird, though. I've done gigs where it's like, look, you want to get this money? You can't say this. Okay, so you make... You make uh, adjustments. But is money different than your integrity? Like, I've been thinking about this heavy, my peoples. I think if it's something I really believed in, I'd still go out there and do it. One of the reasons is ego. How dare you tell me that I can't do what I do and that you're going to kill me? Well, it's worth dying for. I wonder how many people who have died for their free speech, if it really is about their words or it's more the ego, more that, what, I can't say this? Not necessarily what they were saying. You're telling me I can't do this. Well, piss on your ear. I don't think they said piss on the ear. That's something I invented. If you wanna Google that super tramp, you can, but I think I'm the first person ever to say piss in the ear. Don't actually, go. it looked like you're it. I don't think I don't think that exists. I mean, let's, let's be real about this. Um, I think I would. I think I would go down for it. Because that's enough. Let's be honest. I know me. (laughs) I'd hope so after all these years. I would love to go on stage with a death threat. Not get killed. If I'm single, if you don't think that's how, if a girl comes up to me after that show and I'm single, it says, what a great show. Oh, yeah? Let me tell you something else. I was going to get killed if I talked about my peanut allergy bit. I'm going to go with that one randomly. It's a hot bit I'm doing these days. They were going to kill me. These are people who think everyone who eats peanuts is phony, is gold brickin'. That's an old term, gold brickin'. Isn't this exciting? I'm a real rebel. I'm going to feel like a freedom fighter if that happens, like I'm Rambo. That would be a great brag. I'm also crazy, <laughs> if you couldn't tell by now. I think that would be a good way for me to go, for what you believe in. Think about the hero you are after. You, went, you just just didn't die of stupidity. You didn't die because someone broke your heart, or because your favorite color isn't an Eminem anymore. You died because of what you did to define you, what you did to put food on your table, what you did that was associated with your name, your name that goes back to your parents and your family who raised you. You died for that. How you? How you earned bread so you can break bread. It's dignified. But then my question is this. Of those poor people in Paris, how many of them died for that? Or did they just die because they couldn't call out that day? It's no good answer either way. It's sad. But it also comes back to this. Cherish every second you have. You don't know if this is it. This could be the last thing I ever do creatively. I have to get on a bus in a little bit and go across Central Park to another gig. I hope I make it. I hope I do. But if not, man, I gave you everything I got here. I mean, I should have sipped a little more of this sugar free rock star. Hold on. Hello, mm. darkness, my old friend. Make every moment count, my people. That's what I'm saying before I, before I leave the night, before I get on a plane before I go take care of family business. I like to say family business. I like to leave it up there, even though I'm not that Italian. I want people, I like to imply. Bill Maher had that joke. When the Sopranos was hot and people were bitching about the depiction of them, Italians in the mafia, it goes, not every Italian's in the mafia, but every Italian wants you to, to know that he could be in the mafia. Amen, baby, amen. So I've been telling people, like, yeah, I'm just going back home. What for? I didn't want to bum everyone out with death. It happened at a bad time. Bunch of gigs here, holiday parties. You don't want to be eating a brownie at a holiday party at a comedy club with people you haven't worked with in a few weeks. Well, they're getting drunk on gin. Hey, man, what are you going to do this week? I'm going home. What for? Ma died. Ugh. And they just want to make mistakes that night. They want to have sex with other comedians. Why are you going to do that? Why are you going to ruin their night? This is what I was doing. What are you doing next week? I'm going back to Vegas. Why? I got to take care of some things. Sounds amazing, especially with the little Italian blood. And let's get to the bottom of this Italian thing, too. I've been saying for a long time I'm only 20%. Like I said, we still do not know my real father. It's going to get handled. Don't worry about that. That C-note's in the mail. My grandpa, half German. My grandma, German-German. That's a double German. That's a lot of German. My cousin over the holiday is a teacher. He's a smart man. He did the math. About 11%. I'm 11%. Now, dad's Italian. Changes everything. But we've discussed this enough. As I'm looking in one of the black mirrors here to use as an actual mirror, I look like a young Mandy Patinkin. Got to be Jewish. But I have, it's like, South American, Spanish, that area, Central American eyes. I don't know if Sephardics have these eyes. Who? Da, who knows? Who the F knows? I want to not curse in case I have to do overnight now that I'm speaking by myself with, and replace whatever Art Bell's show is. And I can occasionally interview callers who were abducted by aliens who were wearing Michael Jordan masks. I've heard that overnight. It's very exciting. All right, well, I think I've covered what we needed to. I mean, people, you don't need an hour out of me every week. I mean, we're giving it to you late. We're giving you 30 minutes of this This is like a punk rock record, so it should be 30 minutes. Like, what I'm doing right now is the equivalent to the Ramones, in a sense. Just bop, 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 bop. You can't do that for an hour. Same with Slayer. God damn it, I love Slayer. Song and a half, I'm out. All right, I get it. Angel of Death, cool. All right. Whoop, whoop, this sounds a lot like Angel of Death, but you're saying something else. Of course, My my head's oozing out. My brains are oozing out of my ear. I can't do it anymore. In and out, go. I want to see Slayer. Slayer was playing the day before Thanksgiving last year. My then manager and I were going to go because we had it. At that point, I had no gigs. I ended up picking up a lot that night. We're like, let's do that. And I was riding with him to a gig for Thanksgiving the next day. And we're going to eat with his girl he was sleeping with then's family. That's another story. I've discussed it before. Very weird. These new age white people. No flavor. No flavor in the turkey. Put something on the turkey. Even Trader Joe wants you to have some fucking flavor. Enough with this. I don't think I would have lasted. I mean, seriously, by the third song, I might have stopped listening to Metal after their third song live. I might just be listening to folk music right now. Why? Slayer Live. I might be into jam music like Supertramp over here. I might be listening to Bobby's Dominoes or whatever new new band they got. Stevie's Potatoes. Umphreys McGee, one of those names is real. If you know it, you're something. 31 minutes finally gets you to laugh. Not everything was serious. I said some prolifically funny stuff. Or I didn't, who cares? I mean, I'm willing to fail. Be willing to fail. Go out there today. Be somebody. Which is one of the best lines in Kill Bill 2. When that piece of garbage strip club owner is about to fire or suspend Michael Madsen's character and he has this horrible over-the-hill stripper and they're doing cocaine. He's like, take a hit, baby, be somebody. That's right, be, be another piece of shit stripper. That's that's what he's encouraging. And that guy, what a great hair plugs he had, that guy. Look that up. That's my pick of the week, everybody. Kill Bill Volume 2. It's only 75 years old. Another thing you should cherish is that Tarantino only has, after this new one, Hateful Eight comes out later this year, two films left. So don't forget that. That's going to be magic. He's done. At 10 films, he's done. He's going to write novels. Half of you guys don't read. You watch too much movies, too much uh, television. That's why you like his movies, references. He's going to be writing books. You better condition yourself and cherish this. You don't have to cherish Death Proof. Only three good things in Death Proof, and then we're going to get out of here. All right? Let's be real. That girl doing that dance to the coasters song down in Mexico, Outstanding. None of it, nothing, don't want to piss on no one's religion, though. Once you find out she's a big-time Scientologist, the hard-on goes down a little. I'm going to be honest. Once I find these things out, I'm kind of out, and I just know it wouldn't be a good girlfriend for me. Or a one-time fling, because I'm scared you have sex with a full-on Scientologist. They put something in your brain when you're about to release the orgasm juices, and then next thing you know, you're like something out of the master. No offense to anyone if it works for you, but you know it comes off cultish. We'll do an episode on it. We've been trying to. It comes off cultish. If the suit fits, you got to wear it. That's all I'm saying. Everything points that way. Other good thing in Death Proof, nachos. God damn those nachos that Kurt Russell eats. I started eating nachos exclusively as a meal for about nine months after that. I gained so much weight, but God, they look so good. What great nachos. And then the third good thing about Death Proof, is that when he wrote down Scientologist Girl's name in his book, you're okay in my book, you're not okay in my, the fact that Tarantino goes, people say that, I'm going to make this guy carry a book. I say bravo, sir. I say bravo, and I'll read your novels. Even though I've read 20 pages of the of, combined of the two books that I got for, for Christmas, but that's another story. Well, everybody, I think it's done. I think we did it. You might not hear this. I'm guessing you will. Who gives a damn? very very proud of this. Um, I wish I could have said a sweet, sweet wine. I guess I just said it. Send feedback. Send me direct emails. Mattern at Gmail. J-A-M-I-E-L-O-U-I-S-Mattern. M-A-T-T-E-R-N at Gmail.com. I forget to put the dot com. It screws me up when I'm signing up for things sometimes. That's why American Airlines didn't send me a ticket back. I think I didn't put the dot com. Like, they're too stupid to know. Just put the com But whatever. Send me that. Concerns. If you like this, awesome. If you don't, well, what are you going to do? You can tell me about it. I'll listen. I'm a listener. I'm good at listening. For about three minutes, and then I have to turn it back to myself because I'm just as egotistical as everyone, and, and I need you to agree that Larry Sanders is the greatest television show of all time followed by The Sopranos. I mean, that's what I need to do. I have an ego, baby. Um, Mad love to everyone who helps put this show together This great studio, Stand Up New York Labs Minnesota John Fattigate, Chris Cacciatore Super Tramp Who is looking like he is going to a festival in the spring tomorrow It's four degrees out Commitment to who he is Keep supporting Stand Up New York Promo code LUST, get some tickets Hustle your ass in here baby I'm done for the month here but I'll be around in February so you go there been a real nice treat babies cherish your moments i love you and anna marie mattern you were the greatest and you were an angel and i love you and i hope there is a heaven and i hope you're there with pops and i hope lawrence welk or whoever you guys are into is playing for you well, i mean we always think that you, who's you still got to get a ticket probably in heaven everyone just thinks that hendrix is playing for everyone that's a lot of space so you just going around I mean, you probably don't sleep in heaven and what are you going to do? We'll discuss it some other time. Until next time, I'm James Lewis Mattern. This is Lust for Life. You're still worth a million in prizes, even if I'm alone.